The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! I think that every woman should find a little bit of selfishness in them to really take care of themselves. I know that we all want to be amazing moms and wives, but like being a little selfish is okay. And sometimes when I say that, I feel like I get judged, but I always told myself I'll never lose myself. Even if I become a mother, you know, and just to still be a little selfish and take that time to myself in the bathroom. I think that when you feel good, you're a better wife and a better mother. So I recently met our guest, Anoush, Skins and Needles on Instagram at my Pilates studio, and I knew I had to have her on the podcast. And the second that you walked into the studio, what did she say to you, Michael Boston? She said, holy shit, you look like a monster. Your head is falling off or your forehead's drooping down. And if you don't come see me, you're going to look like, like a monster the rest of your life. That's not what she said. I said, does you need Botox? And she said, absolutely. Well, it alarmed me because it was such a quick, yes, it was a quick response. Um, and, uh, you know, didn't make me feel great, but um, I get it. <laughs> It's fine. You know what I'm I just love? kidding. It's, it's fine. I have thick skin. I get it. I, I mean, you literally have thick skin because you need Botox. <laughs> no, I think. Well, it doesn't mean I have thin skin. Thin, thin skin. skin. Okay. Who knows? Well, I th- whatever. I got I locked you down. I got a kid like who cares? Anymore? Yeah, you don't you care. Know? No. So I have had my lips filled twice by Anoush. I think she does a beautiful job. She has also done Botox on my forehead. She is very talented at what she does. And She's very into aesthetics, which is very important when you do what she does, which is injectables. On this episode, we go all over the place. We talk about beauty standards on Instagram. We talk about what filters are doing to our perception of beauty. We talk about injectables, BBLs, um, all the things. So you're really going to get a wide range of topics on this episode. And one thing I really like about Anoush is she's very honest. So she's very, very to the point. And I appreciate that. I find it very refreshing. You have to check out her Instagram. It's at skins and needles underscore. And other than that, Michael, what's been going on? Nothing other than I've just got to go to counseling now to work on my self-esteem because I just look like a hideous monster, apparently. You should do what I do. And you know what I'm doing today? What are you doing? I am going to get butt ass naked, butthole in the air for a beachy shower at Pelicure. Lauren. You're fucking weird, man. No, I'm telling you, here's the move. Okay. <laughs> Before what do you I... want me to say to that? Great. <laughs> Have a, a wonderful. Like, what, what you... <laughs> I go into Pelicure and I get this Vici shower. You guys, it's so amazing. They scrub you down head to toe, <laughs> butthole included. And your dream sounds like my nightmare. No, it's it's heaven. And I'm sorry, I li- Anna. I know this is probably an amazing service. People probably love this service. It's amazing, but I just can't imagine being strapped down, butt naked, asshole in the air. Like nobody wants to see that. Nobody, like I would never put anyone through that with me. I'm obsessed. People are obsessed. Kim Kardashian's obsessed. When you go on What happened to you as a young kid? No, when you go on that table, it is so good for your lymphatic system. 
And honestly, I don't care. My lymphatic system is going to be trash, but I can't I can't put somebody through that. Honestly, before a spray tan to get scrubbed like that is so efficient. I get to listen to my podcast, not my podcast, a podcast the entire time. How are you not stressed? Like I would be mortified in this position. Like, listen, this is too this is too much. This is too much. Okay, so you know what we're going to do? No, next time we have sex. No, we're not. I'm going to strap you down in the shower and I'm going to clean every nick and cranny on you. No, we're not. We're going to maintain what we've got going. It's worked so far. If it's not, then like, hey, nice knowing you. It's been a good ride. Taylor's literally scrubbing down Pelicure right now. Me thinking about Taylor in that position will make me vomit all over this table. Anyway, I'm addicted to Pelicure and they have an exciting announcement. They are selling Skinny Confidential Ice Rollers, the book, signed copies, of course, and the oil. So it's all in stores. If you're in Beverly Hills or LA, definitely check out Pelicure. They have all the Skinny Confidential products in stock. What a transition from buttholes in the air to selling ice rollers. What an appealing sales lead. In the Vici shower that I give you, I will ice roll your butthole. All right, let's get into the episode, Lauren, before I puke all over the table. Anoush of Skins and Needles is a cosmetic nurse practitioner that specializes in aesthetic medicine. She provides injectables, skin rejuvenation treatments, and skincare consultations. Her goal as an injector is to always deliver natural results to simply enhance the patient's beauty. I appreciate that. With that, let's welcome Anoush to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. What are the signs of bad filler? <laughs> let's get right. Let's just hop right into it. Okay. So you know how obviously you could fill different parts of the face, right? So there's bad signs of bad, but signs of bad filler for different parts of the face. So if somebody smiles and their cheeks eat their eyes, you over, you're basically like that chipmunk. Yeah. Which I kind of might have right now because I just did my, my mid face. So the swelling isn't gone yet. So that, you know, is an overdone, you know, like a chipmunk look. Obviously, when you have a hard time talking, overdone lips, puffy under eyes, where you could literally see the, the hyaluronic acid under the eye. And then just too much cheek filler where it, you start to get that alien look, which unfortunately is kind of in right now. The alien look is in. It is. People want to look extremely chiseled where it's cheekbone, sucked in like lower face, an extremely carved out jawline. And we can thank social media for that, for that fake alien look to be in because that's how people Photoshop themselves or that's what these filters do to girls. And then a lot of people think that that's like a realistic expectation. And unfortunately, we have to, we as injectors, and I say we because I know a lot of injectors, a lot of my friends, I work with a lot of colleagues, we all feel, most of us feel the same way about it. As in a patient brings us a unrealistic filtered, let's say celebrity. And they want to look like that. And I have to tell them that I, first of all, either I refuse to do it or it just can't be done. If Jesus Christ came down, he wouldn't, he couldn't give you that look because that is filtered, that is photoshopped. That person themselves doesn't look like that. What's the most requested celebrity that you get? No, it's not a celebrity. It's a patient who took a filtered selfie on Instagram or Snap. And then they want you to make them and look they want like the filtered. And their, their, yeah. their lip or jawline, or, they want to look like that. So now it's not about looking like someone else. It's about looking like themselves and filtered. 100%. Okay. I also see something that I would love for you to tell me. 
when the lip is covering the upper tooth, I find that to be not useful. I think showing a little teeth and your lip not being too full is looks young. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like I a mean, long, like I see a lot of long lip. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. The, well, it's the first of all, it's that Russian lip that's in now, which really is just a name for a technique that, in my opinion, doesn't really exist, where they over-accentuate the, the, the cupid's bow and the top lip, flatten it out, overextend it. it. I think it looks really bad. That's just my personal opinion. I turn people away all the time that want that look. Again, it to me, it doesn't really even exist. Maybe some woman with a certain lip shape, a very sharp cupid's bow, so, like yourself, you have a very sharp cupid's bow. You can get that look. But again, on social media, you'll see a round cupid's bow turned into an extremely sharp one, which is almost impossible to do. And again, people think that it's attainable, but it's not. It's sad what social media has done to the industry of like fillers and Botox. Do you think there's a little bit of dysmorphia going on? Because I'm, I'm feeling an underlying theme of that. 100 million percent. I myself would take filtered and sometimes I'll still I'll, I'll still use grainy filters. Yeah. Recently, one of the real housewives, Melon Camp, Melon, Teddy, Teddy had almost two months ago posted a, a filter where half her face was the filter. The other half was her real face. I don't know what it was about that photo that really made me, in all honesty, made me take out from my phone every single filter that made my nose button and, you know, high up and really made my lips bigger because I started to realize that the second I took a photo with that filter, I then didn't want to look at my face without the filter, which is which was starting to cause dysmorphia. Yeah. Took down every one of those. I only kept grainy, cute ones that'll, that are still kind of fun because, you know, we're girls. We still like to use. But the ones that insanely change your face, I refuse to use now. I started to think I needed rhinoplasty just because I was using that filter and I needed to just calm down. So as, as an injector, is that hard to look at your face? I mean, I would think that you start to like look at your face in the mirror and be like, oh, I need this. And then you look at someone else that you're like being interviewed by or like th that comes in and you just have to focus on the aesthetic aspect. Yeah, you naturally do that. Like my mom, she's been in the dentistry field for 23 years. She looks at everyone's teeth. So the minute, minute I see someone, that's what I... I start to find things that I'm like, oh, maybe a little bit of this, which which is a horrible thing, by the way. She came in, looked at my forehead and had to turn away. She's like, oh my God, it's hideous. <laughs> Not to do that. But Lauren asked me, does he need a little bit of Botox? Yeah. I was supposed no, to... Not even a hesitate. Wouldn't he? She didn't even hesitate. I she did just... not. I, in my master's program, I had to do a full vaginal exam on a patient who was in lithotomy position. Yeah. The position we give birth in. Fully nude. I had to do breast exam vaginal. And the only thing I was looking at was the fact that I thought she needed under eye filler. And so that I subconsciously do that. So now I, I started to make myself stop. So the minute I'll see an actor with lines on their forehead, because you know, they're not supposed to really get Botox. I tell myself, see, it's, it's normal. Like, because the minute I start to need, I realize the lines are coming back. I'm like, oh my God, I need Botox. And I hate that, that I do that. You know what I mean? I think the dangerous thing, not only about personal dysmorphia, but like people start to expect, like, I, I know it's an issue in the dating world right now. And I, I'm not, I haven't been in that world in a long time, obviously, but like I have 
guy friends, girlfriends that date on these apps and like every app photo, people are taking their best photo, they're doing their best filter and then they show up and it's almost like they're starting off the date disappointed because they thought they were getting something else. And not to say that the person isn't great looking, but like they come in thinking that somebody else is showing up. 100%. And I, I, people are like, I hear my friends all the time complaining like how shitty these apps are because they meet people and they're not what they are on yeah. the apps. And I think it's doing a disservice to people trying to find relationships because they're coming 100%. into it with the false expectation. Even if it's not a relationship, like we, listen, I'm Armenian and I, we, you know, our culture, it's kind of just like a very, very close knitted group of people that we're always seeing each other somewhere, whether it's at a wedding or somewhere. And you see people you don't know on social media and you expect that they're going to look like that in person. And then, and I know this may sound bad, kind of have no filter. And I just like to you say it say. how it is. It, you kind of get disappointed. That's and what I'm it, it's, but that's not a, because they're still attractive in person. They're still a good, but this false, I don't know, this, it's just it's like you're taking somebody that's already yeah. fine that if you saw them without ever seeing them before, you'd be like, great. But what they're doing is they're elevating and changing that look. And you right. see you're disappointed. It's like it's it, experience stretching. You know, it's, it's setting a, it's, you know, like when you go to an event or you go somewhere, you go on a trip and you're not expecting anything. And it turns out to be the best thing. But as soon as you put a certain expectation, you get there. If it doesn't live up 100%. to that, you're disappointed, even though the experience is an amazing experience. It's like you the same still were mentally set up to see or experience yes. something else. Yeah. And, and I, think I, it's, it's I like to. Even when I'll take a photo, I'm so subconscious about that. I'll be like, I hope I still look like that in person. Like, should I have not done that? Because I, I'm okay with what I look like in person. Hell, I, I feel like I'm even, I'm not photogenic. So before Instagram filters came about, and I haven't really even had a real Instagram until I was like 35 years old. Yeah. I was fine with things. And then I started to use these filters. And the second the filter comes off, I... I'm annoyed at something. I'm like, oh my God, I, wait, I wish this was a little bit different. And then I will make myself stop. I think it was until again, Teddy's, Teddy's post really did something weird to me. So I love when my patients come in and they're like, as narcissistic as this sounds, they're like, you're just, you're just as pretty in real life. Oh my God, you look at, I'm like, okay. Then I'm, I'm, I'm not giving them this false expectation of what I look like compared to what I really look like. I think you look beautiful. But thank you. My it's love. why I we're addicted to these things, right? Like it's like these apps know to create user engagement. You create an environment where people can live a, a life that may not necessarily be their true life. And I'm not saying that people don't live no, authentically, I, but it's like yeah. you can go there. You can get a filter. You can present your best version of your sure, life, right? You can sure. show yourself on a look. Like you're, you're presenting the the 1% of your life in that 1% you're also stretching. And so people yes. get addicted to these things because it's like it's an escape from what's actually going on. I'll yes. just say with my own experience, when if I'm taking a picture of someone on on the regular camera and the, and the thing turns towards me, that's like... Everyone's like, nightmare. oh my fucking like, god! Shit, is that what I look what like? What right is now? going on? I have like a quadruple chin, like one eyebrow is higher than the other. It's it's it is problematic, and I think yeah. it does need to be talked about. And I think as a creator, what I can say is, if you look at my Instagram feed, and this is being so blunt, it's the best light. Okay, you're seeing me in the best light. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not taking a picture in the closet downstairs with with no natural light. It's the best light. It's the best angle. I probably have a spray tan. Maybe there's a filter if I'm on my Instagram story. Makeup, hair. Maybe I've had my brows waxed. I think that's really important. And I try to do this on my Instagram sh story to show all the things that I'm doing. 
so people can see like this is what I've done to look like this. Yeah. yeah. And I think when I first started blogging, I think in 2010, I was very open ab- and about the process of my boob job. No one was talking about that at all. And now more people are talking about it. I still do think that people need to talk about it more because there is an unrealistic expectation. Well, it's, o- it's okay to like present your best self and say, hey, this is that. But where it becomes problematic to your point is when people start to say like, this is my reality. It's not like, hey, this is, you know, I don't think anyone has a problem with looking good and dialing yourself up and Mm -hmm. editing a little. Like That's not the issue. It's when you start to kind of like get lost in that world or expect Mm -hmm. that those people are going to be like that all the time, that people start to have trouble. Mm -hmm. I cannot start my morning routine without this one thing. In fact, it's literally a non-negotiable. Cannot live without it with Beekeepers Naturals Be Smart Brain Fuel. There are these little tiny shots. They come in a glass bottle, okay? And you basically just pour them down your throat. It tastes so good. I'm obsessed with the taste. It tastes like very like honey-esque. And they're filled with royal jelly. A couple other things that I can't pronounce. All I know is that we had the founder on and she explained, so you have to listen, all of the benefits of these shots. They help you so much with brain fog. I was calling it liquid Adderall um, because it is like liquid Adderall, but all natural. And it gives you clarity. Okay. There's no caffeine in it. And the royal jelly is going to hop you up in the best natural way without a come down. I've been taking these shots every single day. I travel with them. They're keto and paleo friendly, gluten-free, soy free, and they're free of artificial colors, preservatives, fillers, alcohols, GMOs, refined sugars. I found that a lot of royal jelly is filled with something like they'll slide in a citric acid. And this company doesn't do that. And I should tell you that the company calls it a vial. I do this before I do my coffee. So I'll wake up, I'll do like lemon and chlorophyll water. And then about a half an hour later, I'll take my Be Smart Brain Fuel shot. I've got Michael on it. I'm telling you, if you want to support your immune system and get all day energy without the come down, you guys have to check this out. Beekeepers even offered you guys a 100% money back guarantee, but you're like, you're not going to be unhappy. You're going to be obsessed. And of course, we have worked out an exclusive deal for Skinny Confidential. Him and her listeners, you receive 15% off your first order. You're going to go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash skinny or use code skinny at checkout to claim this deal. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash skinny. This is a part of your new morning routine. It's your new medicine cabinet with Beekeepers Naturals. You can find Beekeepers Naturals nationwide in over a thousand stores like Whole Foods and Sprouts to enjoy. You will be buzzed from these shots. What do you think is going to happen with this culture? Do you think people are going to start getting facelifts younger? Do you think it's going to get worse? Do you think... Do I sound like a hypocrite saying that? No, I I like how honest you are. I think it's really amazing. That's why I wanted to have you on the podcast. Do you think people are... Everyone's getting their brows lifted in Hollywood, their buckle fat removed. Like, what are you seeing is going to happen in the future? Is this going to get better? Are we going to make a turn and be like, I'm over this or it's getting worse? No, I don't think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get worse because the young... So people are starting... Girls... And guys are starting younger and younger, more so girls with these, the, the fillers and all that. I have, I've had a 16 year old patient that was brought in from New York by her parent to get lip injections. And I'm not necessarily against that. I come from a culture 
where a lot of people get nose jobs. Okay. We're, we're just gifted in that, in that area. You know, younger girls get it all the time. It's an insecurity. You have really thin lips. Do it. If it's going to make you feel better, I a hundred percent understand. But unfortunately in our industry, girls are coming at the age of 20 and 21 and I'll start the consultation and I'll, and I'll ask, you know, in the health history, how old are you? When they say 20 and I'll be like, like you're an infant, what are you doing in my chair? And again, some things are okay. If it's a real insecurity, it's a problem. I'll agree with the patient. We'll do it. But when a 20 year old comes to me and says, I want to look snatched, that really bothers me. I don't think that snap. What do you like? You want to get a brow lift at that age? If Why is that even bothering you at that age? I was 29 or 30 when I started getting fillers. So I, I feel like it's just getting younger and younger and worse and worse. But I did say that I would get a facelift early and I'll tell you why. I worked in plastics in Beverly Hills for three years before I moved on to the clinic where I am now in West Hollywood. And I I met a lot of celebrities and a lot of a lot of socialites and influencers it, it, and a lot of them were in their early 40s or even late 40s but in their 40s when they got their first facelift they looked phenomenal and then you would see women in their 60s a lot of women in my culture get their facelift at a young later age much later and then they'll wonder why like this is not pulled back here. Impossible, right? At that age, there's just too much lack skin to pull back. The surgeon can't bring things here back here. And then they look drastically different. And everyone's like, oh my God, what did you do? Because at 60, you just, you have such a younger, where you do it in your late or early 40s. It's such a minimal difference. And it things are just slightly lifted and it looks wonderful. And nobody can really tell what you did. And then it, I imagine it doesn't age as fast at that age, right? So or, or does that it? I don't know. But I mean, yeah, 10 years, you're still going to age. So 10 years later, you might need a second one. But when I was first working there and somebody in their earlier mid 40s would tell me I had a facelift, I was like, <gasps> I would get surprised. And I'd be the only idiot in the room getting surprised. And maybe it was even like offenseful to the, to the patient, right? But then I started to realize that is smarter, getting your first facelift when you're younger just makes you look, you know, you know, you, you want to look and feel better when you're younger, when you have. Well, the, the, the context I've understood it in is if you're going to do Botox or filler or facelifts and you're like, if you're going to do these things eventually, like it's inevitable that you're doing it, mm-hmm. it's smarter to do it earlier than later, as opposed to like, if you never do it, you never have to think about it. But if you're going to do these things, like what is the difference between waiting till you're 50, 60, 40? Like I've heard it's more preventative to do it earlier. Botox is definitely preventative. Fillers are not. So by making your lips bigger, or your cheeks bigger, you're not preventing anything from happening. Botox, you 100% are. The more you denervate a muscle, the more you weaken it, the weaker it becomes. So you're preventing the lines from settling in. Like, let's say your lines are settled in right now. Yeah. I love tackling these subjects in a really non-judgmental way. If you want to get a facelift at 40, great. If you want to get a facelift at 80, great. If you don't want to get one, great. I think for me, I like to bring all different kinds of perspectives. I think something I've been seeing a lot living in LA, like I did, is the removal of buckle fat. And I've heard two different things on this. I'm hearing that one, it's it's very easy to do and it gives you that slim look in the face and that's right under the cheek area. You can get more granular with it if you want. But I'm also hearing as you age, it's not flattering. It's not. 
as we age, women and men, but more so our fat starts to deplete from our face. Yes. So we actually want that fat back in our face. That's why we get fillers. So I like to be skinny. So my body looks better when I'm skinny, but I hate the way that I look when I lose weight because all the fat in my face goes away. Then I have this like long gaunt looking face. So then I start to fill my cheeks to get a little bit more fat and cushion in the face. So yes, if you remove it now, you're younger, it's going to look good. But when you're older, you're going to wish that you had that, that back. Well, then wouldn't people just start doing fat transfers when they're older? Or is that not the same look? I don't, I've never seen a fat. I just made that up. I don't even know here. if it's Of course thing. we do fat. Of course you do fat transfer how it's popular to do the BBL, lipo out all the fat in your body, put in your butt. You could still do fat transfer in your face. How transparent are celebrities being when it comes to all the things with aesthetics? I don't I don't really think they are being. Tra- I mean, again, I think it's individually based. But I find this question like, why does a celebrity have to be so transparent? Like, is that, like compared they don't, to a regular person? They, don't, right? they actually don't have to do anything. I'm just wondering as a user of social media, when when a 21-year-old, now I have a daughter, I think about these things, is scrolling through social media and she sees like what you said, a filtered person. Like how much are actually people doing? Are they going under the knife every six months? Are they? Is it different? Is it situational? Like, what do you think? And I'm talking about the kind of celebrity I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Listen, I know of celebrities doing a little bit of lipo here and there every few months, just removing just a little bit here, a little bit there. I know. It's crazy. I heard a story that there was this celebrity that had a baby. And for the C-section, the plastic surgeon was in the room able to do the tummy tuck and the lipo and stitch them up from the C-section. sure. Which is, that sounds like so gnarly. But maybe it's like very normal. I don't know if it's normal. I know that it happens. I completely disagree with it. I think that if you are going to do lipo and tummy tuck, which is, I think, great... You should do it after you've had the baby healed, lost some weight, and then maybe do that. But I've heard surgeons, plastic surgeons coming in just to even make the tummy tuck scar more presentable and better looking than like, let's say, an OBGYN would. When is enough going to be enough? Or is it never going to be enough? I don't think it's ever going to be enough. You know, it's interesting. You look at, I think it's South Korea where like they, they will send someone away for a month and get every single thing done at once. Do you know that I heard that in, if I'm not mistaken, I might be mistaken. I think it's Beirut. There is a country where you can get a loan to get um, work done, like plastic. Like you can get a loan to buy a house. You can actually get a loan for plastics. So the culture is just going to be getting wilder and wilder. Yeah. I mean, my 11 year old, she's, she had a Snapchat, which I deleted. She has TikTok. I'm not, can you take filtered photos on TikTok? Anyway, she she then asked if she can just have a TikTok to, I mean, so Snapchat, like maybe just even use mine to take funny photos. And then she'll take a pretty filtered photo and it will bother me. And I'm like, because she needs to understand that she's already pretty. She doesn't need to take a filtered photo, but she realizes that it looks prettier at the age of 10. She realizes or 11, she it, it she looks better. It looks prettier automatically when she has that filter on. And that's just, it's sad. Let me tell you about how I got through a 16-hour travel day and three weeks with the baby. It's a secret 
that I am not joking works. It is called That's It. I'm sure you've heard about it. I heard about this brand so long ago when I was at Coffee Bean blogging. I was like 21 years old and I picked up one of their bars and saw that there was one or two ingredients in this bar and it was so crazy. Both the ingredients were fruit. Immediately I became obsessed. And then when I had a baby, I found out that they have apple crunchables. And these, my friends, if you're a mother, like you need them in your diaper bag. You just need these Crunchables everywhere, okay? They're these plant-based super snacks and they're made with really healthy, super clean, minimal ingredients. The Crunchables that I like have one ingredient, okay? Fruit, apples. I love them. Michael loves them. They're made from actual fruit. Zaza is obsessed. I give her them and she like immediately just is quiet and just eats them up. I cannot say enough good things about them. And here's the deal. They have 12 grams of plant-based protein. I'm obsessed. And here's the deal. They also have grown-up Crunchables, okay? And these ones have 12 grams of protein and they're made from two ingredients, the delicious apples, just like the kids one, but they have lightly salted pumpkin seeds. This brand does a really good job of being really transparent with their ingredients. The other thing that I brought on our trip to Europe that I could not live without is their keto kick bars. You guys have to get on board with these. So they're these bars and they have six real ingredients, but my favorite thing about them is they have 95 milligrams of caffeine. Okay from fair trade, single origin coffee beans. It's clean. It's a simple way to feed your body while also giving yourself a little kick. We could all use a little kick throughout the day. Michael and I sometimes will split one. You can roll them into little balls. They're so good. Six ingredients. Like I said, my favorite's chocolate. They also have vanilla bean. They're organic, gluten-free, non-GMO, and free of 12 allergens. So what you're going to do is you're going to get the Crunchables, the apple ones for your kid, and you're going to get the keto kick bars for you. And you are going to be smiling from ear to ear. That's it. That's it is giving the skinny confidential him and her listeners 25% off their entire order plus free shipping on that's it prepare for all your back to school and back to the office snacking needs, or just that afternoon slump or travel now at that's it code skinny 25. This is going to save your life. So what do you do as a mom to balance what you do for a living with having a daughter? Because that's, I feel like that's a conversation that hasn't been talked about enough. I feel like that too. I'm in an industry that some of it does have to do with looks, which is why I love podcasting so much. And it's something that I want to do for the long term. And now having a daughter, like it's, it's a hard balance. It is. It is. And my husband and I talk about that all the time because I'm and so is my husband. We like to, you know, look good, take care of ourselves. So there's the weekly mani- manicure pedicures. There's weekly massage at home, certain things that I like to do. And obviously both my daughters see that at home. So then all of a sudden, ever since, you know, end of quarantine, the manicurist would come home and I see they're both trying to get their nails done with me. And then it's it almost becomes a thing where every Thursday night, my girls are getting some nail polish. And then that starts to that I'm like, wait, am I doing the right thing? Then I get confused. We both work out, my husband and I. So then my, I'll hear my 11-year-old make comments about making sure that she eats healthy. And sh- is that right that an 11-year-old should be worried about that? So then my husband will say, yeah, well, that's a good thing. Let her care about being healthy. And But it, it I sometimes I won't even know if I'm right with the way that I think. Like, should I let her do that? She sees me do my skincare every morning and night. 
So now she wants to wash her face with proper skincare and put SPF on and that's great. But then it's like, is she starting too soon? Should an 11 year old really care about skincare? I don't know. What are you going to do if she comes to you and says, I want my lips done? What do you like? What do you do? I, I think about that all the time. Listen, both my girls have sunken in under eyes. It's genetic. <laughs> Dr. Dennis Gross came on the podcast and said, oh yeah, when my daughter was born, I could tell she was going to need Botox between her eyebrows. And it was iconic because that's what you do. You're a doctor that you have an eye for that. You look at things. So my, 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 my daughters both have sunken under eyes. My husband has that. His mother has that. It's genetic. So sometimes I look and I'm like, they're going to need under eye filling. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I love how honest Anusha is. But, but there's, there's parents that are listening. I know there's like, there's a segment of parents that are listening. Like, I'll never let my kid out. I'm shutting all that down. But the thing is, that's not realistic because. Yeah, and you can't decide what they're going to do once Exactly. They're... Because my parents, anytime my parents told me I couldn't do something and they were hard about it, I'm like, I wouldn't we do did it anyway. Yeah, exactly. So you, I think the better way to go about it is you have to be able to contextualize this stuff and be able to have a conversation. Part of it is like, yes, I don't think it's a bad thing that kids are health conscious, but I also think if it becomes an obsession, then it is a bad thing. You, you don't want the other camp where it's like you never think about your health and you let the wheels fall off before you're even a full adult, because then you're, then you're going to have a lifetime of issues trying to correct those, right? It's going to, all this stuff, it's like, it's a seesaw, right? It's going to go one side or the other. And, and so I think like the worst thing parents can do, and this is just my personal opinion, is try to like hide and shield this stuff because inevitably we're all going to learn about it and do what we want, right? Yeah. I wanted to have this conversation on the podcast for a while because we do have so many different beauty experts and doctors and practitioners come on. And I think it's important to also show all different sides of it. Like instead of just talk about the glamour and the prevention and this and that, one of the smartest things I've ever heard when it comes to parenting is Suzanne Summer's son, and I don't know how I found this, has a beautiful daughter. She's a model. And when she was born, he made a pact to never make a comment on a woman's looks, whether they were pretty ugly, skinny, overweight, whatever it was, he made a pact, even like if they were the most gorgeous girl in the world to never say anything about looks in front of her, in front of, in her. Front of her. And now she's grown and she wrote this caption that someone sent it to me about how it's, it's affected her so much that her fought in a good way oh. that her father has never made a comment about, about other women. Well, he just didn't make it about like the material, yes. right? He made it more about like how some, who somebody was, was a person. No, I agree. My older sister sometimes will be talking and, you know, we're sisters and we're three sisters. And I think everybody, as, as much as we try not to be judgmental, there's, there's, we all are a little bit. Yeah. We'll, we'll say something and then we'll realize one of our daughters is there. And my older sister will always make it a point to say, let's not do that in front of the kids. Let's not teach them that that's right. And I completely agree with her. But it like my five-year-old, came crying the other day and said she's the short fat character on Roblox and she said I don't want to be that character and I was like how does this why does this kid know or think that being short and fat is a bad thing and I'm like well that's not a bad like why are you upset well I don't want to be the short fat character and it just I'm like we I've we that's insane like we've never talked about short fat people in the home like at home but the fact that this kid thought that that character was bad really bothered me. And so I, I told her she thinks the F word is the fat word, that she's never allowed to say it because that's just not nice. But it always it always occurred to me, like, why did she think 
being the short and fat character is a bad thing. Well, I think it's so important to have all different kinds of models too. That like all, di- all different representations. Like the Skims campaign, I'm obsessed. Yeah, with Yeah, exactly. Like the bo- the body positivity, I think is very helpful in that sense with with showing all different looks. I think in the 90s it was these like real thin. Stick figures. Yeah. And now like now there's all different body representations. And but that's important. right now the thing like, OK, so it was the 90s. It was the stick figures. But now it's the curvy curvy. It's, it's it reminds me of Jessica Rabbit. But there's always yeah. go, there's always going to be a thing. A thing. Like that's that's inevitable. And I think like within that, like what I always try to point out, it's like, listen, it's great that other people are being represented and all these things, but what, to your point, like it, it just constantly moves. So some like, and I don't have the answer to this, but part of the contextualization is that is to point out that there'll always be a thing and to try to get people to be comfortable with who they are individually, yes. right? Yes. While being healthy. Yeah. Like, or, or not, but I, but I think the problem is, is it's this constant, like looking, trend Yeah, or looking out to the trend or, or seeing something, wishing that you were something else than you are. Yes. Right. And so like the better conversation, and I don't, this is going to be individualistic for everybody is how do you get a child or an individual comfortable with who they are as a person and comfortable with who other people are as, as people, right? That's, yeah. and that's the golden, like that's oh, the golden God. It's like, right it's there. like so parenting. Hard. There's no answer. It's so gray. Like you said, what I do for a living, I do Botox and fills. Obviously my 11 year old is fully aware of it. Like she knows what I do. She's, has, she's seen my Instagram before. And the other day is a joke. She made a comment to one of my sisters saying, you need Botox. She got punished for it. It's like, why? But it. she hears it from me. She knows what it's for. What I've tried to represent as, as a content creator is you can simultaneously do self-care and beauty treatments and all these other things, but also have depth in other areas. Of course. I think that, but I think like seven years ago, it wasn't like that. If you, if you had a boob job, you were automatically labeled as something. Mm -hmm. If you had really blonde hair, you were labeled as something. I feel like society is transitioning. And I, I think this is a good thing into, you can take care of yourself and love all these beauty treatments, but also be a boss bitch and a great mother and a good partner and have depth and read whatever it is, you can be multifaceted. And I think mm-hmm. that's an, an important conversation too, is that you don't have to fit in this box just because you like beauty. Well, well here's the thing to, dis- this is controversial, but here's the thing to distinguish. I think people wanting to be the very best version of themselves that they can be is an important and empowering thing. Like if you and your husband want to work out to look better, to feel better, to feel whatever you want to eat healthy, all these things so that you personally feel confident and feel like you're presenting the best version of yourself. Great. I don't have any issue with anybody else, the way they live their life, but I don't, I don't ever want to fall in the camp where I know I'm not being the best version of myself, right? I'm like for yourself. Yeah. For myself. Yes. Like, I don't care. Like somebody else wants to go and do whatever they want and like, you know, eat junk food and not take care of it and not exercise and not sleep and all that. Like whatever, like go with God on that have fun. Mm-hmm. But I personally, and for people that I care about, I'm like, listen, I don't want to be penalized or, and I want to inspire people to be the best version of themselves. Like go work out, go eat healthy, 100%. go. If you, if a procedure makes you feel better, do it for do you. It. Great. All these things. Like, I, you know, I think there's a place for everybody, but the the one issue I have is when people get complacent and they give up and they're like, okay, like, cause I actually think that does more long-term damage. I mean, we all know as individuals, when we're being lazy, when we're not taking care of ourselves, when we're phoning it in, when we could be doing more and, and not doing it. Right. Like, 
I don't ever want to get into that camp and I don't want to encourage people to, t- I don't want to tell them they're okay by, by them doing the minimal effort. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to look at somebody I care about and be like, you know what? You're okay the way you are. If they know they're being lazy and phoning in and not taking care of themselves. Right. Like I that's 100% not the message. agree with you. The message is do be the best version of yourself. Yes. And sometimes that'll come off as blunt or rude. If I tell someone that I love or care about to watch what they're eating or slim down because I I say those things when I care about someone to look and feel better about yourself for yourself. That is the problem though. I think that social media makes people do it for others and not for themselves. And I see that in my patients and that really, I'll have certain patients that I'll experience that with. And I go home thinking about how bad I felt. There are days that I'll turn away maybe three, three lip injections I'll tell a person, I'll tell the patient, like, I really don't think you need it. I've seen you do this, by the way. I don't think you you need it. Not me, someone else. Yeah. But if you, if you want me to do it, if you really want me to do it, I'll do it. Or just go, let this just be a consult. Think about it. Maybe a month or two later, if you feel like, you know, I should have done it, but I'll, I'll have, let's say females with my lips. My lips are natural. If somebody came in with my lips, I'd be like, why, why? You don't need it. Does it really need to be that big? Like, why don't we do other things maybe to make you feel better about yourself? But it's like this trend. And then there are certain patients that are adamant. And then it's like, I'm a fool not to do it. Like if you, it's not my decision to make, it's yours. I will give you my thoughts. But at the end of the day, at the end of the session, if you really want to go through with it, I'm not going to tell you, you know, some will agree and they'll leave. Some will just demand it and we'll do it. But then I'll see others. Like one time I gave a consultation and that person said, well, some of your, or, or I think she, I don't know if she said if I'm fake or other people, I've seen other people on your page that are fake as in I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I have, I have a lot of injections. My I'm doing my cheeks for, since I was 30, I'm 37. I've done my under eyes. I've done my smile lines. I do Botox every three to four months. But when the patient starts to show me photos on Instagram of of people and starts to explain that, you know, they too want to fit in this category and be like them, that really hurts my heart. It really does. I don't mean to brag, but today I woke up at six, which is early for me. I prefer a 7 a.m. wake up and I worked out, got my workout in and then immediately after didn't even shower, just headed downstairs to my juve. I am addicted to this because I feel like I've created a habit. So I do my Wim Hof breath work in front of my juve. And if you're wondering what a juve is, it's a top light therapy brand. So it's a lot of red light and red light has so many amazing benefits. Like when I sit in it and I'm doing my breath work, I feel energy. I feel clarity. I feel like I can conquer the day. I feel like I can sit there for 10 minutes doing my breath and just really plan how I want my day to go. I am someone that likes to sit and think before I go about the day. I want to be really proactive, not reactive. So I'll sit there and I'll be like, what would make today a home run? And I'll just go through the day. And I obviously try not to have any expectations, but I just like to think about best case scenario. And I do that in front of my juve. It's warm, it's delicious, and it just gives you so much energy with your daily dose of healthy light. I'm all about the healthy light. The one that I would recommend 
is the standing one. It's really big. Michael has it in his office. It's insane. But I also like their new Juve Go because I am on the go so much and I'm traveling. So this is an affordable option that's battery powered and you can take it anywhere. Like it literally fits in my purse. So of course, they're giving you a discount. You're going to use code skinny for an exclusive discount with Juve. If you're looking for a new Juve, we have exciting news. You're going to go to juve.com slash skinny and use code skinny. That's J-O-O-V-V.com slash skinny. You'll get an exclusive discount on Juve's next generation devices. Exclusions apply limited time only. I know you are going to be obsessed when you implement this into your morning routine. 15 minutes a day for maximum clarity. With trends that are happening in social media, obviously this is a problematic trend. Yes. Are there any trends that you think are not problematic that are that you're excited for? Like for instance, I'll give you an example. For me, one thing I'm seeing is like less lip filler. I think it's it's a little bit more chic to just do the lining and like mm-hmm. just a little bit, not too much. Mm-hmm. Is there any other trends that you're like, yes, this is the direction we should be going? There is one trend that I kind of like. We have the masseter muscle here that we chew with, right? So doing Botox in that muscle for people that have TMJ or they'll grind or they'll bite their headaches. Medically, let's say it'll stop them from grinding, giving them the headaches or clenching. But aesthetically, it'll start to slim down your face. And some people want that, you know, a little bit of slimness, especially if they have more of that like square. So that's like that I don't mind doing if a patient isn't, you know, I I don't mind doing any of the treatments. I mean, that is why I'm in aesthetics. I just... One of the things I tell every single patient is as long as you have a realistic expectation of what fillers and Botox can do, because I cannot give you this. I I always tell my patients, even my own family members, the older women in my family, fine lines and wrinkles are normal. What about plastic surgery? What are some things? Because I'm seeing a lot of really young girls do the fox eye, the ponytail lift right here where they lift this up. And it. Yeah, we can thank Kale. It's Dr. Kale. I, that's I, who I was just going to say. I've seen a lot of his work mm-hmm. on a lot of different patients and this is lifted and then they want this lifted. And mm-hmm. then I've seen a lot of micro lipo. Are you seeing trends like that happening for yeah, younger girls? This is a big thing. Listen, we all look a little better when we do that. Come on. <laughs> I got to get two. I got to get two more hands to lift mine. Let me get. To, to help Let me get the thing to pull the shape. The surgeon up. I used to work for wouldn't do it for for many young girls. He would just. I guess he wouldn't explain why, but he would he would say that down the line, it just doesn't look good. I work with a doctor who says that. What are other ones? Are there any other trends that you're seeing? Right now, it's cut crease jaw. This is major right now. And the, the PDO threads are, it's a trend that like they're doing that. I don't do PDO threads. I am going to say my opinion on threads. I have seen it go really wrong. If you are going to get threads, I would say be a psycho because I have had some of the top plastic surgeons on here tell me, no, I've had other people say you got to go to the best of the best. You can't fuck around with threads. Yeah. I've seen people be inflamed for months from them. And I know people personally that have had them like fall down and get stuck. Yes. And I think it's a really squiggly line left here and it kind of just leaves that demarcation. Listen, I think for some parts of the face, threads are great. Again, I don't do them. I, I don't I don't like them. Yeah. For some areas, it's nice. But at the end of the day, the thread remains in like within fat, skin and muscle and there's nothing holding it up. It does not give this 
maybe for the first week or two. But then you have nice collagen production in that area, kind of like a filler does. But I do see more complaints than positive reactions. Here's my question. If you're going to pull the skin back with threads and then it goes back to normal after a year, which you're going to go through all that pain. Sooner than a year. Okay. Where does all that excess skin go? It hangs, right? Well, no, because it, it'll either just go right back to normal. But you Does it get... go back to normal or does it hang? I haven't really seen it hang. I don't know. I'm just asking like Mm-mm. for my own. Because no. it feels like if you pull this back, it's like the excess. But it doesn't really get pulled back that dramatically. So it's not even like worth it. But we've been talking about this for a little bit kind of like going around it. But like a lot of this is a psychological issue. Right. Like you start to do one thing and then you're like, oh, you're like, say you say you saw me. I'm like, okay, my forehead, we got to fix it. And then I'm like, oh, okay, now I fix my forehead. Like, oh, now I gotta do my lines. Okay. Now I did my lines. Like maybe I got a little filler in my eyes. So now I did my filler. I want to fix my jaw. Like it, like yeah, some, it does. It's kind of like getting need... a tattoo. Like once yes. you do one, you get addicted. I think that is okay. Like when I first did fillers, I did, I remember I did my cheeks and a little bit of Botox. And when I saw a positive, a little bit of a positive change where I don't look like a different person, but I did see a nice positive change. I'm like, oh, well, is there anything else that I could tweak a little bit? Then I realized that my smile lines were a bit deep. Or I think I did my under eyes first five and a half years ago and I had my second daughter and I was tired. I was studying for my boards. And then that turned out looking great. You know, when you do something and it goes wrong, you're kind of like scared of it and you won't do it again. But once you see a little... I, that's why I kind of love what I do. Like I'll, I'll show a patient, let's say I'll do their under eyes and I'll do one under eye and it looks so great. And they'll look at the difference and they love it. And then, you know, they'll come back and maybe do a little bit here or a little bit there. I, I like to do it gradually, not all at once dramatically, but I, I kind of like, I don't mind that. Yeah, but 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 you also can kind of contextual. Like I'm saying, like a lot of young people start to do this, and they don't have the like. I know a lot of people. They don't know when to pump the brakes. They yes. don't know, like like they just go go go, and they, they just keep yes. finding issue after issue. Right. And that's why you t- you see people that are like, oh whoa, they like you know they go too far. All yes. of a sudden, it's like they've done too much because mm-hmm. they never they don't know when to stop. I think that is the injector and the patient. The mistake happens when either both of them are in that mindset, or at least one of them is. Yeah. Because I like an honest injector and I'm, I will tell a patient that you, I don't think you need it. I I think that this is enough. I don't think you need more cheek. I I don't need them to pay me their money. And just because I'm going to make money to inject that I've, I've seen people, I, I don't think that's the right mentality. I like to be able to tell the patient, no, this is enough. I think you should stop. And most patients will listen and those patients will never go overboard. But then there's the ones that it's either the injector will, again, somebody with my lips might go to Peter, Dr. Peter and say, will you do it? And he'll, no questions asked. Sure. Here's it's $1,500. Do it. But then you also, I wouldn't want that. I'd rather my injector tell me no. What are some good things that you're seeing going forward? Like, meaning like not just when it comes to filler and Botox, but just some things that you think are progressive that are happening that are. I think that taking care of that whole trend of self-care, I think, is amazing. Yeah. I've been like that since I was 17. We're three sisters. We we were, grew up in a small 700-square-foot apartment. I was back from my workout at 7.30 in the morning. My sister slept until noon. I've always been into self-care. Like, I was always up the earliest, working out the earliest, doing my, make, you know, all that. So I've been like that my whole life. And I love women that are like that. So now, especially during quarantine, the first lockdown, 
people started to really care about self-care. And I, I love that taking care of your skin is an amazing trend now where it was more, it was like, it was more about makeup and Botox, like fillers. Now it's about skin. And I love that. And in a way, I think taking care of yourself at a younger age is, is wonderful. Like I tell myself, like, is it okay that my 11 year old cares about it, like moisturizer and SPF now, but I should be happy because 50% of the sun damage we have caused until the age of 18. So if she's going to be applying SPF now, isn't that, I mean, I tell myself, isn't that a good thing? Like, why are you, why are you bothered that she cares about that? She loves Sephora now. I, yeah, I think that's fine. I think that's promoting just being preventative. I, I, I don't know what the fine line is. I don't have the answer for anyone who's judging this conversation. Neither do I. Do you have the answer? Let's hear it because I don't, I to definitely. To each their own. Yeah, I think you have to each their own. You have to figure out what works for you and yeah. your family and like come into this without judging it. Yeah. You said you grew up in a 700 square foot apartment. Do you think that's affected why you are so driven? Because one of the things I noticed about you when I first met you through Betsy, shout out to Parker Pilates, totally. is that you're very, very routine. You're very organized. You are very put together. You're disciplined. I get that from you. Is that, I'm do blushing. you think that that comes from your childhood? I think that, well, that's in my genetics. So my father is like that. And my grandfather was like that. It's kind of my older sister says I'm like a serial killer. Every thing I have the same routine. My grandfather and my father, my, I grew up in a household where so I was married at 27. So from where, when I can remember until I was 25, when I got married, sorry, my father woke up every day at four in the morning. It was it was terrifying how routine oriented he was. First, we would hear the noise of the tea, like mixing. And then it was the coffee. Then he would shower and then the TV would turn on. One day I asked my mom, has there ever been a day? You know, you're human. Like you might forget never, ever. Can you imagine that? So then I started to realize I am so much like him. I'm, I will let's say I'm having a bad morning or like I might, let's say sleep and which rarely happens, but it does. So I get that from him. And then he told me when I got older that his father was like that. There was never a day where he, as a kid growing up, he never saw his father like miss a step in something. So I'm very much like that. I'm, I'm very put together. I Makes you just, a good injector. But yeah, I am very driven. I don't know. I don't know. So can you tell us what your psycho tea stirring TV on coffee? Oops, I, I switched them. Routine is at the moment. Yes. So I wake up every morning around six, sometimes 530. I love being alone in the mornings. No one bothers me. It's when the husband and the kids wake up is when I'm suicidal. <laughs> um, I have this crazy routine. The first thing I do is half asleep. Coffee machine goes on makes a loud, annoying noise. When you think you'd, when you pay $4,000 for a coffee machine, it wouldn't wake the entire damn household up when you turn it on. Half asleep, go up, hop into the shower. My aromatherapies go on. I'm like in Zen mode. Meanwhile, I'm like barely walking. Like I, so nobody wakes up at home. I do not want anyone waking up. So I'm alone. Quick body shower, more aromatherapy, skincare, Everything is settling in while I'm having my coffee, listening to the birds chirp and then makeup starts. And it's when I'm right in the beginning steps of foundation where my five-year-old will open the bathroom door and then it's like, shit. And then you're a crazy mom, like angry, trying to get <laughs> yelling for the 11-year-old to brush her teeth while struggling to have the five-year-old eat her breakfast. My husband is asking me to heat up his Zen foods. And I'm trying to do all that while I'm putting my makeup on. 
And then when I finally leave the house, that's like the best time. So, <laughs> driving the to work in peace. The reason I want to on the podcast is because she's so honest. I appreciate the honesty. Some people are like, and I love hopping out of bed, hearing my children cry and scream. It's like, let's be honest. Um, two things, because I like a detail. Aromatherapy is what, what are you talking about? What does that mean? You mean like so oil? I like... You know when you walk into a spa that that smell yeah 100 percent. Right. i love I so essential oils so you're, like you're putting it in a diffuser no well first of all there is the diffuser okay i start my day at work with a diffuser okay yeah shout out to young living and doTERRA that's all i use but so ill apothecary is a brand that i found out about because i'm, I'm a big youtube watcher demi moore did the get unready with me or go to bed with me with vogue i think l vogue bizarre she sprayed this, This it's called Beat the Blues. You guys, I have made that company sell out in that product. It, it's in the UK multiple times to the point where I think their brand, their team reached out to me. Yeah, I, I was like, no, it's fine. Beat I'll do the it. Beat the Blues and you spray it everywhere? So I spray it every morning and I take deep breaths in. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I know if, I'm, if my when my sister hears this, she's gonna think I'm, I'm buying it. I'm influenced. You'll, Michael's gonna be using. Oh it. Oh my god! So it just it really makes you feel. You know, it just really does what it does. I swear to you. Then aromatherapy, the brand. I got it from Nordstrom. Has these oil shower oils that I'll do the morning one. I'll take a few deep breaths in. I, I shit you not. I do this every morning like clockwork. I'm doing it. You're like your dad stirring the tea. Yeah. And then you said your husband likes Zen Foods. And you told me about this when I was going through postpartum weight loss. You said you should definitely try Zen yeah. Foods. What is Zen Foods? It's a meal prep. Meal prep. I've been married 11 years. I haven't cooked for nine. <laughs> so you just have it delivered all... So my husband tried every meal delivery in LA. When I say every, I mean... And some were really bad. You know, when you open the container and it's fish. Ugh. And then you smell it and you want to die. But then it's like it was either him eat that or me cook... And it's so like, you're like, you're dying. Just <laughs> you're dead. Microwave food and eat it. It smells like a vagina in your house. <laughs> it's disgusting. And then, you know, sometimes there'll be fresh food sometimes. But every morning it was, let's say, delivered until he tried Zen foods a couple of years ago. And then I had gained like six or seven pounds and I couldn't like shed it. So I started it too. And I was obsessed with it. Not one day has this like have they delivered one bad, even like the littlest berry. It's like not rotten. Yeah. Tastes amazing. So I did it. Lost 10 pounds in a month to the point where I had to call the owner and be like, put some carbs in my meals. I cannot keep losing weight. It doesn't look that good. So my husband's been doing it for years. And when you do Zen foods, you do it morning, lunch, breakfast, and dinner? lunch, dinner, two snacks. And you can choose what you want. Okay. But I, I do breakfast, lunch, dinner, two snacks. And I cheat. And we all, you know, yeah. I'm not. What is your, because you look amazing, diet and exercise? I've worked out since I was in high school, throughout college, worked out with a football team. I've worked out my whole life. What are your workouts? a personal trainer. I just haven't worked out properly, like properly in three years. I mean, I tried Pilates. It, would just, it wasn't for me. Okay. I did cardio bar for years, three times a week for seven years throughout both my pregnancies. I worked out the morning of my wedding. I was addicted to cardio, but that's probably the best one that I've done. And working out with my trainer, which we start tomorrow. And I started like full crazy routine of Zen foods tomorrow too. And if you are just eating on normal days, what are some of your favorite snacks? On my way to work, I will have my avocado toast ordered or I'll, I'll, I'll have my assistant pick it up and bring it to me. From where? Why don't I want Dialogue Cafe. What's that? I've never you tried di it. We get dialogue sometimes. I've, I've never tried the avocado toast. Oh my God. So good. Okay. Avocado toast. Or creation. Oh, I like creation. Bum bum. Be 
I made that a bum bum beach bum. I Something like that. Their avo toast is good. I eat hot Cheetos all day, every day. I can't stop. I will never stop oat milk latte three times a day. Because I sometimes I won't get a lunch break at work. So I have to. You're busy. It's hard to book with you. You're booked through July. Until the end of July. I mean, that and is. And I work every day, nine to five. And I started working almost every Saturday. You, you're a hustler. Can you give our audience a couple of beauty tips? They're all over your Instagram. You definitely, you guys have to go follow her. Are there any like beauty tips that are like very niche that you use besides your aromatherapy that I'm buying? I think that every woman should find a little bit of selfishness in them to really take care of themselves. I know that we all want to be amazing moms and wives, but like being a little selfish is okay. And sometimes when I say that, I feel like I get judged but I always told myself I'll never lose myself, even if I become a mother, you know, and obviously I have just to, to still be a little selfish and take that time to myself in the bathroom. Or I think that when you feel good, you're a better wife and a better mother. So taking care, putting some time aside to take care of yourself. I think that's like the. You also had very specific products like you had yes. your 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 Kerastase, your your oils, okay, like all these so things. Things I can't live without. Skin Better Alto Vitamin C every day of my life. We should get that. Skin Better Alto Vitamin C. UV Clear Elta MD, favorite SPF ever. Love that. SPF. I have a cake face every day. I wear makeup almost every day. And that very few SPFs look good with, oh, you know, underneath makeup and don't give you a weird like white flashback. Retinol Senti. Senti, the brand has an amazing retinol. When I get a patient tell me just three things, just three. I'm like, no, that's the thing. Like, why just three things? Like, just do Tell your foundation because that's what I, I want to end with. I want you to tell your foundation because when I heard your foundation routine, I was really into it. Foundation? Yeah. Or CC cream. You, you told me something. You told me all about like concealer and foundation and what you used to, for cover up. Oh my God. But there's like, I have like 67 that's what you foundations. Said, but you that give I, us your top three. YSL, 24 hour wear. Okay. Yeah. YSL number one. Okay. Unfor uh, Shiseido, Synchro Skin. And when I, I mean, listen, these are amazing. If I say something is good, it's good. I know that sounds cocky, but I've used enough product. Yeah, you've, you're like a practitioner yeah, of it. I'm like a product oriented. Yeah. Oh my God. And number three, unfortunately, oh, LC, LC Cosmetics. My girlfriend owns it. Okay. And let me just say, it does not matter that my girlfriend owns it. It's like good. I have many friends that own makeup lines. Like I, if I like something, I like it. So LC Foundation, I, I just don't know the name of it. She's only one micro silk, I think it's called. Maybe when this episode goes up, you can show us on your Instagram story. Yes. Okay, so she's going to do that, you guys. LC Foundation is phenomenal. Maybe like, you can do it the day of the, the podcast going live so people can see it. No problem. Where can everyone find you? How can they book with you? Pimp yourself out, your website, your Instagram, all the things. Skins and Needles is my Instagram. Is it Skins and Needles NP or is it Skins and Needles? Why do I not know my own handle? They'll find it. We'll link it out. Okay, Skins and Needles. You can book... Through my website, it says book now, and then I'll have either my assistant or the front desk call to schedule you in, or you might get on a waiting list if you want to come in sooner than end of July. It's skins and needles underscore. And what I did with you is I got my lips done and I really liked them because they were natural. They were useful, a little turned up. And we're going to bring Michael to you to do a little Botox. A, apparently I need a lot of help. Maybe out. we can look at Taylor after lot. this. Not a lot. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little, uh, a little, so a little like a little up. The light's back on. Yeah. Anoush, yeah. thank you for coming on. I want to say I appreciate pleasure. your honesty. It's unfiltered. It's refreshing. It's what we need more of. Thank you. In social media and on podcasting. Thank you. Come back anytime. It's my pleasure. Thank you.
before you go, I am giving away a copy of Get the Fuck Out of the Sun. It's a signed copy from me to you. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick. And with that, we'll see you next week for another fire episode. 